You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, At the Sound of the Trump. Enjoy. It is fun. It is so fun to follow the Lord. And we were fortunate, each of us, to know the Lord before we were married. So we sought the Lord about that. And I'm telling you, just living by listening is much better than living by deciding. So... Yeah, so just listen, just listen, amen. Makes the deciding a lot easier if you just listen, hallelujah. Glory to God. So I've got a joke. Everybody's been waiting for the joke. The kids have been peeking, like, let me see this joke, but I wouldn't let them, so here it goes. You guys have heard about the city mouse going to visit the country mouse, the town mouse and country mouse. It's a little story from a long time ago. Well, there were two men that were brothers, One lived in the city, and one lived in the country. And the one from the city decided that he would go out and not switch places with the brother, but to go visit the the brother in the country. And as he met his brother, he said, I have something to ask you. You know, in the city, we always have those people on the corners saying, the end is near, repent. We've got those in the city, but I just passed a guy on a tractor yelling at me, saying, the end is near. And the country brother said, I see you've met Farmer Geddon. <laughs> but <Ba-da-bum. laughs> Farmer Geddon. Oh, my goodness. Preach it. <laughs> you guys like that? We're going to talk about Farmer Geddon today. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We are going to talk about the rapture. I like to talk about this. In almost the half century that I have lived, I've been fortunate to be in every single church that I've been in has been one who believed in the rapture. So it was quite a surprise to me when I met people who said, no, there's no such thing as the rapture. The rapture isn't even in the Bible. The word isn't even in there. And I thought, wow, I've never come across someone of this persuasion because I had always been in the company of those who believed and looked forward to the rapture. So why should we talk about it here? I mean, you could look it up online. There's stuff all over the place online. If you wanted to do a study on end times, you can do that. Um, But why come here to do it? I think there are three things that I want you to pick up today, and that is, number one, a spirit of faith. Everything that we want to do is to encourage your faith in the goodness of God, like Joseph has said. And so this morning, I want to kind of poke at you and prod that spirit of faith to be expectant, to um, be looking for the coming of the Lord. Also, I want to emphasize this is a time of acceleration. This is not a time to sit back and just observe or see what happens. This is a time of acceleration, and this is a very active time that the Lord is working in the earth. Can you guys testify to that? Have you seen the Lord at work in people that you're connected with where they're kind of unsettled, kind of asking questions? The Lord is at work by the Spirit of God bringing people uh, to him in these last days. So there's a spirit of faith, and it's a time of acceleration. Also, I want to encourage you this morning to be uh, fervent and to be vibrant in your walk with the Lord, to be fervent and to be vibrant in your walk with the Lord in these end times. And you'll see why these things are important in a little bit. I want you to know that there are people in the world that are preaching all kinds of gospels. You may think that if you go to a church, they're all teaching the same gospel. But in these last days, we know that there are many different gospels being taught in the earth today. There are social gospels being taught. There are moral gospels being taught. And we are familiar with the salvation gospel, which we pray is in every church, but is not the salvation gospel, the message that Jesus came that we might be united with the Father, that our sins would be forgiven and we made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the salvation gospel. But there's a gospel that I want to bring our eyes and our attention to, and that Bill Johnson talked about earlier in this study that we've been doing from God is Good, and that is the kingdom gospel. The kingdom gospel. Now, when you come into the kingdom gospel, you begin to live kingdom principles. 
which now will affect social things, it will affect moral things, and it will affect your salvation. But to teach any of those apart from this complete kingdom gospel, you got just a partial gospel. <laughs> and so I'm telling you this morning that the rapture has to do with the kingdom gospel. What is the kingdom gospel? The kingdom gospel is not so much, well, it, it, the, the focus isn't so much on us as it is on God's will being accomplished in the earth throughout all the time, all ages. Do you know that God was before we ever were? And do you know that when we are gone, God will continue to forever be when we're gone from this earth, right? So God has an idea. He has a plan. And this is what's taught in the kingdom gospel, his ideas, his ways, his principles. And so we are walking in his goodness. And so the rapture is part of the kingdom gospel. So that's why I want us to talk about it here, not just you know, so that you can go home and study all you want, but I like that these three things are going to be emphasized here. Can we have the text up there, please, girls? We're going to look in our Bibles at 1 Thessalonians 4. This is the key rapture text that if anybody ever talks about the rapture, they go to this. 1 Thessalonians 4, and it begins in verse 13. Oh, let me get my scriptures here. I'm still got my paper clip on there. Okay. This is from the King James Version, yep. It says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And the second text that I want to look at this morning as our main text is 1 Corinthians 15, also regularly referenced, 51 through 57. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment and pray together. Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you that you have called us to this place. We've come from different places, different towns. Even in the course of our lives, we've come from different countries even, different states to be here today. And we thank you for your providence. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for you going before us and leading us, Father, to this place. Father, I thank you that this morning your word comes alive in our hearts, that it would stir faith, Father, that our faith this morning would grow to the things of the kingdom of God, that we would be shaken from our complacency and we would be prompted to get to work for your sake, just like we sang this morning. Your cause is my own, right? Your word is my home. And we say that to you this morning. We give our ears to you. We give our attention to you. We give our heart. And I call our ears seeing. I call our, 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 excuse me, our eyes seeing, our ears hearing. And I call our heart and mind open to the word of God in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right. So what is the controversy of the rapture? Maybe you've heard it before, but some believe that the rapture is just um, uh, an idea (laughs) that someone came up with, um, but really the only occurrence is the second coming. But I'm here to tell you that there is a distinction. Some people don't know there's a distinction. There's a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. They're not the same thing. The rapture comes first. Then there'll be a period of seven years of tribulation. And then the second coming, Jesus will come again. So this is the timeline, and there's been some controversy about it. But if we do a literal study of the Bible, a literal translation, a literal interpretation of the Bible, we will find that it leads and points to a pre-tribulation rapture. That's a lot of words. So pre meaning before tribulation, that seven period, that seven year period that Daniel prophesied about, Daniel chapter nine, you can look at that. He talked about a seven year period that will exist after the rapture and then the second coming of the Father. Uh, Excuse me, second coming of Jesus. So what is the confusion? I think the confusion sometimes is that they don't know there's two events. Rapture, second coming, and they don't know that there are two persons or two people groups that God has been dealing with. Before there was the church, who was God dealing with? The Israelites, right? So God chose Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham. Even his name was Abram, gave him his own name. Do you know that Yah means God in Hebrew? And right in the middle of Ab, he was Abram. But he got into a covenant with God, and his name became Abe Ra Yah Um. <laughs> so Abe God Ham, right? <laughs> so he went from Abram, and God smack dab put him right in the middle of his name, Abraham. Hallelujah. God sought to come into covenant with a people, and he found that person in the person of Abraham. But when the time came, he saw that, he said that all the nations in the, of the world, right, all the nations would be blessed through you. Well, that means his plan had to expand outside of this people group, these Hebrew people. And who did it expand to? Well, the Bible calls them Gentiles, right? Well, who are Gentiles? Anybody who's not Jewish or anybody who's not of Israel. That would be most of us in here. <laughs> So God wasn't content. Uh, His plan, we know in John 3.16, is that he loved the world. He so loved the world. And that included all people groups. But he had to come through the nation of Israel. So he dealt with Israel first. There was a system of sacrifices, which we've been talking about in our Wednesday night Bible study with God is Good. System of sacrifices. But then came Jesus. And Jesus was the entrance for all men to come into fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus is why we exalt him. This is why we lift him up in this place. We don't talk about necessarily doctrines, and well, although this is a doctrine today, but our emphasis is on the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus, it was his coming that enabled us to even come into this relationship with the Father. Notice I didn't say come into this religion. Christianity is not a religion. We are through Jesus. We are able to come into relationship with the Father. Hallelujah! So he dealt with Israel before the church. Then he dealt with the church, and he's still dealing with the church today. This is called the church age. This is the time when God is dealing with all men to come to salvation, for all men to realize their need of a Savior, for all men to call Jesus Lord. But after this time is wrapped up, and it will be wrapped up at the time of the rapture, he will again go back and deal with Israel to bring them to salvation. So, you know Israel's attitude <laughs> to Jesus. They uh, laughed at his prophets, God's prophets, back in their own time. They persecuted the prophets. They rejected the prophets. They laughed at the prophets that God sent to them in their own time, and they rejected him. When Jesus came, it was another rejection. They didn't recognize him as the Messiah, and he was rejected again. God was rejected again through his son Jesus. 
But after the rapture, God again will deal with the nation of Israel. He will deal with the people to come to salvation. So this is what it is. It's almost like they're on pause for a little bit. <laughs> and if anybody can understand that, just think of any... We've been watching uh, Family Matters. Anybody know that old show from the 90s? Come on. Who loves Steve Urkel? Whoop, whoop. Did I do that? Right? <laughs> Did I do that right? <laughs> so we've been watching Family Matters, but you know in any episode of any show you watch, there's more than one story going on, right? Something's going on with Steve Urkel, and something's going on with Carl. You know? So there's two storylines going on. This is the same with God dealing with the church and with Israel. Two storylines going on, okay? Hallelujah. Oh, excuse me. All right. So the rapture... You're right, it's not in the Bible, and we'll deal with that. I mean, the word itself is not in the Bible. We'll deal with that in a bit. The rapture is for the church, but the second coming, seven years later, is for all the nations, all the nations that would come to Christ, and particularly to Israel, those that would come to Christ through that time. Okay, let's take a look at each of these things. So the church is raptured to Christ. The scripture says that we, we read it earlier, that we will go up and meet him in the air. The second part in it is will come the enter the man of lawlessness. Let's look at, um, if you're looking in your Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, verse 1, I'm going to read from the Weist translation. I know, Sue, you got this um, as a result. I love to read this. It's called an expanded translation. Expanded just means that you use as many words, English words, as possible to convey the actual Greek language that was spoken. So I like this because it really gets to, kind of gets right to the heart of what the Greek translation, because the, the New Testament is written in Greek. Is this bothering me? Okay, so this is an expanded. It uses a lot of English words, as many English words, to expand the meaning of the original Greek. So I like to read that. So I'm going to read from that, 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to highlight a couple things. This is concerning the man of lawlessness, or what people a lot of times in the world call the Antichrist, right? This is the man of lawlessness, that uh, is talked about in 2 Thessalonians. It says, Now I'm requesting you, brethren, with regard to the coming and personal presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is already talking about this idea that Jesus had already been gone. Paul is now preaching to the people, saying that the, pers the coming and the personal presence of Jesus Christ is coming. Okay? Even our being assembled together to him, remember that we will meet him, we will go to him, Jesus, at the time of the rapture, will not come to the earth. At the time of the second coming, he will come down and actually put his feet on the mountain, right? Mount, Olive in, um, Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. He'll put his feet right down. But on the rapture, he never comes down lower than the lower atmosphere, the scripture says. Okay, so the second coming, he comes down, feet on, second coming, I'm here to reign, rapture he comes and he only comes to the air and we go to him so paul says here um, even our being assembled together to him in this verse he's talking about the rapture okay not soon to become unsettled he's saying don't get anxious about it don't get worried about it the source of this unsettled state being your minds neither be thrown into confusion either by a spirit, that it means a believer in the Christian assembly, claiming the authority of divine revelation and claiming to give the saints a word from God, which we see this a lot, where people are saying, no, there is no rapture, <laughs> or no, the blood of Jesus has no um, um, efficacy, what's it called? Efficacy, thank you, efficacy. It doesn't have the power. There are people who are saying things, claiming the authority uh, that comes from God, claiming the authority of divine revelation, but throwing the saints into confusion. And Paul is addressing that, saying, don't listen to this. Don't listen to that. Don't become confused. Don't get unsettled. Don't get troubled. Okay? Let's continue to read. Or through a word received personally, as from us, or through a, false, a letter falsely alleged to be written by us. 
Maybe you'll say, oh yeah, Paul said that there's no rapture and signed John Doe. <laughs> he said, don't take any personal, even if you didn't hear it in church and somebody personally said it to you, don't accept that. Paul's warning them, don't become troubled or upset about what they're saying. Uh, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come and is now present. Do not, uh, do not being to allow anyone to lead you astray, because that day shall not come except the aforementioned departure of the church to heaven. There it is. The departure of who? Everybody? All the nations? No. The departure of the church to heaven comes first. So all of this uh, tribulation, Paul is trying to calm them and say, yes, there is a rapture. Yes, there is a time when we will be assembled to Jesus. And so don't be confused and don't be unsettled about it. The Antichrist or the man of lawlessness will not come except the departure of the church to heaven comes first. And the man of lawlessness is disclosed in his true identity. Here's his characteristics. He's the son of perdition or sin. He sets himself in opposition Okay? He exalts himself above everyone and everything. And that is called a God or object of worship. And he seats himself in the inner sanctuary of God, proclaiming himself to be a deity. How many of you guys like science fiction type of movies, sci-fi, fantasy? Yeah, this, I mean, we're in your department today. <laughs> I'm more of like a historical document. That's what I like. A historical fiction, a drama. But this kind of entails both. There's a little sci-fi for you guys who like all that. <laughs> and there's history that has not yet happened. But it will happen because Jesus has said it. So we can say it's the history of the future. <laughs> So he's telling us who this man of lawlessness is and what he will look like. He's the son of perdition. He sets himself in opposition to everyone else. He sets himself, exalts himself above everything and everyone. And he seats himself in the inner sanctuary of God, and he will proclaim himself to be a God. Yeah. Uh, this is verse 5. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I kept on telling you these things? He kept telling them Jesus is coming to take the church. So you know, uh, those who would say that the rapture is not coming, Paul's talking about it here. And not only is he talking about it here, he said, I kept telling you about it. Remember, I kept telling you the church is going to be assembled to Jesus. And now you know with a positive assurance that which, namely the departure of the church, the saints being assembled together to the Lord, is preventing his being discussed as to his true identity, his strategic appointed time for the mystery of the aforementioned lawlessness is now operating, right? We hear that in 1 John. 1 John even tells us that the Antichrist is already at work in the world, right? Lawlessness is already at work in the world. We know that. We see that every day, lawlessness. So it's not like lawlessness is just going to come, but at an appointed time after the church is departed and meet and assembled together with Jesus Christ, then the man of lawlessness will appear. Only he, the Holy Spirit, who is holding the lawlessness down, will do so until he, the Holy Spirit, goes out from the midst of humanity. This is the age of grace. This is the time of the Spirit of God. And this is why I love the Spirit of God. I didn't grow up understanding the Spirit of God. I didn't grow up in a church that taught about the Spirit of God. But he is our teacher. He is our comforter. He is our standby. And he is leading us into all truth. Amen. He's our teacher, our resident teacher. Yes. Hallelujah. And it's he who is holding lawlessness down. Why? Because he's telling us he's willing to work with anyone who would receive him. Right? If anyone would receive him, what would he tell them? To work in lawlessness? No. He would lead them into all truth. He would be their teacher. So the Holy Spirit is vital. Don't shy away from telling people about the Holy Spirit. Because you think uh, it's all about speaking in tongues. <laughs> okay? The Holy Spirit, when he comes and dwells in you and he comes upon you, you will speak in tongues. But that's not the purpose. That's not the end. It's so that the teacher will teach you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the teacher is willing to teach the worst person you can think of if he would or she would receive him. Hallelujah. The Spirit is 
you know, going about, convicting <laughs> and prodding and saying, come on, come to the Father. He's at work all the time. We don't have to pray for the Holy Spirit to do his job. He is for sure, you can know it, working on those who are apart from him, calling, him to the fa- calling them to the Father. It's the Holy Spirit who's holding lawlessness now. And that makes sense. He's not going to lead us into lawlessness. He leads us into truth, into good, until he goes out from the midst of humanity. Continue. Verse 8. So after the Holy Spirit is gone, then shall the lawless one be disclosed, whom the Lord Jesus shall, I'm going to skip, shall slay with the breath of his mouth and render inoperative by the sudden appearance of his personal presence. Okay, that's the coming and presence of whom the man of lawlessness is according to, this is what he's about, the operation of Satan in the sphere of miracles, demonstrating power and attesting miracles, and miracles of a stating power, and attesting miracles and miracles of a startling, imposing, amazement-wakening character which deceive. So this man of lawlessness who comes into the earth will be able to do deceiving, what the Bible calls lying wonders. Lying wonders. You guys, anybody have that in your Bible? See that in your translation? Lying wonders. They're wonders, just like the time back in um, uh, Egypt, right? Whenever Pharaoh had his little magicians, and the magicians did whatever Moses did. And so there were lying wonders that were deceiving the people of the tribulation. That's what this is talking about. But some (laughs) will follow that man of lawlessness and be forever taken from the presence of the Lord. So in the time of the tribulation, there will be miracles. There will be attesting miracles that cause people to amaze and wonder, but they are for the purpose of pulling you away and deceiving you. Okay, so let's go on from there. Hallelujah. I'm a teacher, guys. So, you know, I'm not up here... I don't know. I might shout. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just happy. I'll shout because of the truth of this. You see me shout up here. <laughs> I'm not afraid of a shout. <laughs> but this is a good time of teaching here for us so that we know. Okay. Let's continue then. Um, so what about these seven years of tribulation? Okay. <laughs> it's always been a joke around pastors, right? What are you going to preach about on Sunday? I'm going to teach on Revelation. It's always the joke, like, you know, nobody wants to really do that. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit today, so whatever. The joke's on me. (laughs) Revelation chapter 6 through chapter 19. Revelations chapter 6 through 19. When you read those, those fall into the period of the tribulation. So as you read through Revelation 6 through 19, you are seeing all the things that are going to be happening in the earth during the tribulation. And Matthew 24, a lot of us look at that and we think that that's referring to the rapture, right? One man will be uh, doing his grain over here and another man will be gone. This is talking about the second coming, okay? So surprise, Matthew 24, 3 through 20, well, 3 through 31. And I'm going to read a little bit of that with us today. Let's see. Um, let's start in verse 3. You got it? Matthew 24, verse 3. This is King James Version. He says, uh, the disciples basically say, What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Jesus is constantly trying to get us. And Paul, right? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Hear what I'm saying. Many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. There, like we just read in 2 Thessalonians, there will be people who are working miracles in the time of the tribulation, saying that they are the Christ. Do we see many of those people today? I mean, occasionally we'll see one, you know, and we all know he's whack, right? (laughs) Why do we know that? Because we're the church, and we have the Holy Spirit who's leading us into all truth. But when the church leaves and the Holy Spirit with us, those attesting miracles are attesting to a deception. And that's what's happening. And many will go on, and no one will discern the difference because the Holy Spirit is not there. They're not uh, of the teacher. Wow. Uh, 
Verse 5, no, verse 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumor of wars and see that you shall not be troubled. Okay, for all these things must come to pass. Who was Matthew written to? What, what group of people was the book of Matthew? Matthew was what? He was a Jew, right? He was a Hebrew. And so Jesus, the things that Matthew chooses to put in are pertaining to the Hebrews, pertaining to the Israelites, pertaining to the Jews. And Jesus, what did I say? The rapture is for who? The church. But the second coming is for Israel and those who remain. Because do the, do the Jews believe that the Messiah has come? No, they do not. They're still looking for the Messiah. The church understands, and the Messianic church, those Jews who believe in Christ, have understood that Jesus was the Messiah, is the Messiah, and that he came at his time 2,000 years ago. But the Jewish people are still looking for the Messiah. And they, Jesus is saying, don't be deceived. You missed me the first time. (laughs) If you missed me the first time, you'll have another chance. Um, But don't be deceived. He says, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Don't be troubled about this. All these things have got to come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, all kinds of things, um, the beginnings of sorrows. And 14, can you find 14, guys? I'm going to jump down to number 14. Oh, let's do 13. I'm sorry, back it up to 13. Thank you. He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So we understand that enduring through all of this, if you endure through all of this stuff to the end, Israel, you will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end shall come. A lot of people say, well, the rapture's not going to come because we've got to preach to all the nations. That will come during the tribulation. There will be those that will be ministering, preaching the gospel in the time of the tribulation also, and they will go and minister to all the nations. But I don't want to wait until that time. This is why people, missionaries, go out to the nations. This is why they minister to them now, because we want them to come with the church, to be part of the church now. But there will, in the time of tribulation, be preaching to the nations that they might be saved. Okay. Uh, Let's go down to verse 21. 21, excuse me. For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Okay. In 24, I'm just hopping down to save some time. 24, there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders. We read about that in 2 Thessalonians. So we know Paul is talking about what Jesus said here, the very same thing. False prophets shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Oh, okay. So this is the time of the tribulation. This is what will be happening. And then there will be the coming of Christ with the church. Let's look at Matthew 24. I just read that part. 25. Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, 29. Here it is. 29. 24, 29. You I'll wait for it. 2429. You guys are awesome. Thank you. So 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon shall not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. They're mourning because they are seeing the Son of Man coming in the clouds uh, with great power and great glory. He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. Now, the elect is talking about people of the Jewish nation. And they, Jesus, or God had said, even from the times of Old Testament, that he would scatter the Jews, right? He would scatter them to the four corners, to the four winds. So this is why this in chapter 24, people believe they're talking about the elect, those who would be saved of the Jewish nation, and that they would come from the four winds because they'd be gathered back together. Okay. Now, uh, so we see Jesus talking about end times. 
We heard Paul talking about end times, so let's get right on it with this idea of the rapture. What in the world is it specifically? Did Paul just make this up? Some people believe that back in the 1900s sometime, some girl had a dream, and, and she was the one who came up with the idea of the rapture. Uh, no. <laughs> no. And so that's why they discounted it, because they didn't know it came from the scripture. They thought it came from a girl. But no. <laughs> that's in here. And guess what? Paul wasn't the first one to talk about it. He's talking about it because Jesus told him about it. So let's look at John 14. You guys know this scripture, I'm sure. John 14, 1 through 3. We always think about this, especially me. If you came from an evangelical church, if you grew up in an evangelical church, you just think this is about going to heaven, and that's about it. Like God's telling you you're going to have a mansion in heaven, and yay, that's what you thought this was. <laughs> yes, facts, that's right. But let's look at it. Uh, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. What did Paul start in 1 Thessalonians 4 with? Do you guys remember? Let me pull that up side by side. What? Say that again? Yeah, he says, uh, he says don't be ignorant and don't sorrow, is what he said. Don't be ignorant about this stuff and don't sorrow. And what does Jesus say here right away? Don't let your hearts be troubled. So both of these, both Paul and Jesus, are starting with the information. Hold on, guys. Don't get all crazy on me, okay? I'm going to explain it again. It's like they're just, I'm going to give it to you again. Uh, believe God. Believe also in me. Uh, in verse 1, excuse me, um, in verse 13, he says again, in 14, excuse me, in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again. So in Paul's, he's saying, if you believe in Jesus. What is Jesus saying in John 14? He's saying, if you believe in God, believe also in me. So he's saying, don't be afraid. Believe, right? <laughs> We've heard that a lot through scripture. Don't be afraid. Believe. Number two. Uh, of John 14. My father's house, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Here comes the big one. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what? I will come again. So Jesus, in verse 3, is talking about coming again. And in verse 15 of 1 Thessalonians 4, it says, We that are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. So Jesus talked about coming back again. And what? To receive you to myself. So, again... Uh, Jesus is not coming to the earth at the time of the rapture. He's remaining in what the uh, Weiss translation calls the lower atmosphere. So he'll be in our atmosphere, the lower atmosphere, and we will rise to him. And that's what Jesus said. He said, uh, I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And that's what... Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 17 says that we will meet the Lord in the air and we will ever be with the Lord. Isn't that what Jesus said? That you may be with me also. So Jesus, these, and an interesting thing I read is that these line up in exact order also. It wasn't like he talked about, I'll see you in the air, don't be afraid. Jesus said it, don't be afraid, believe, I'm coming for you, you're coming to me, and you'll be with me forever. They're boom, 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 right in the row. And so these two parallels, Jesus told of the rapture, and Paul, and, and Paul is reminding us of it. Hallelujah. Woo, woo, woo. I'm just excited because uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> so good, I love that. All right. Okay, so let's just break down, we've got some time, let's break down that first scripture that we saw. So if you would take me back to 1 Thessalonians 4, and let's look at verse 15. Do I have my stuff? Let me get myself in order here, I don't need this. Okay, 
So, verse 15. We're going to stop and I'm going to just highlight a couple things from the Greek. Alive and remain. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain. Most of us get the idea of alive, right? Still kicking, right? <laughs> and uh, what is this idea of remain? Uh, actually, what the Greek indicates is that it talks about this alive is a vibrant alive, not just breathing air, okay? It's not just breathing like I'm still sucking air. It's not that. It's about a vibrancy, uh, 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 an alive, awake, uh, active, living person, being. So yes, you're physically alive, but in addition to that, you're spiritually vibrant. You're awake. You're alive, okay? When they talk about those who sleep, that's dead. Those who are alive, we're not just talking about, like I said, breathing. We're talking about alive. I'm living, okay? So living people. And what about those that remain? The Greek indicates surviving ones, a remnant, And what that indicates even further doesn't mean everybody, does it? (laughs) There's just some, those that survived, those who made it all the way to the end, those who are, didn't get pulled away, right? Come on. So we are alive, we're spiritually alive, we're vibrant, we're living in Christ, and we remain, meaning that we didn't fall away or lose heart or faint. We pressed, right? What did Paul say? I press, right? Joseph says it all the time. We're going all the way, right? All the way. So that's what it means. When we, that which we, (laughs) that we which are alive and remain. Now you have a picture of who that is. It's not everybody. It's not everybody who's sitting in a church pew or a church, church chair. So just, you know, it's for the church. But everybody who's sitting in the church isn't, this, isn't necessarily the church. The church is this alive and remain, vibrant, living body that presses through every obstacle and remains and maintains faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's us, Highway Church. Come on. Come on. There is, in Second Thess- Thessalonians 2, I read it already, what is called an apostate church, a church that has fallen away from the message of faith, has fallen away from the person of Jesus, has fallen away, has backed off from the blood because that's just too messy. There are churches, a lot of them, and a lot of them have websites, a lot of them have big congregations, but they've backed away from the blood, they've backed away from Jesus, And these are an apostate church that the Bible talks about. I didn't read that already, did I? Let's look at it. Second, do I have? No, I don't think I have it, girls. Sorry. Second Thessalonians. This would be out of order if I did. Oh, yes, I did. I talked about it. Okay. You can look at it. It's in Second Thessalonians 2, which we already looked at. In 1 Timothy 4.1, I haven't uh, put that up for the girls, but let me look at that real quick. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says, but the Spirit says expressly, like no mincing words. Uh, He knows this, and he's making it very plain. The Spirit says expressly that in the last strategic, epical periods of time, some will depart from the faith giving heed to spirits that lead one into error and to teachings of demons, doing this through the hypocrisy of liars branded in their own conscience, forbidding to marry, commanding abstinence from foods and such things. They'll go on to teach false things. Uh, (laughs) If you believe it or not, I have been called a false teacher. Uh, and what is the difference? I want to talk about this in this day because this is, this is being tossed around a lot right now. Uh, people feeling the urgency, people feeling the imminency of the coming of the Lord feel like they have an obligation to tell somebody, you're not right. <laughs> they call it the ministry of correction. So they want to come up to you and say, you don't have that right. 
and let me tell you what I see in the scripture. Well, the thing about that is it's very plain who is a false teacher. It's one that I talked about who doesn't uphold and exalt Jesus, who denies the power of the blood or the necessity of the blood, who says that there is no sin and all will go to heaven. These are the ones who are false teachers. I'm not walking away from Jesus, hallelujah, and I'm not walking away from his spirit either, who will lead us into all truth. So I just want to be mindful, guys. There are real false teachers, but uh, a lot of times the church gets a little excited (laughs) about that and wants to fight with each other about things. The church is not the problem. There are people out there, as I said, who deny the the, um, deity of Jesus, deny the power of the blood, deny the presence of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So we're not talking uh, about us (laughs) or another Christian or another believer, Uh, but there are people and there are some who are going away and falling away, as it said there. They will depart from the faith, giving heed to spirits that lead them into error. So I say all of this to say, as examples of those who would not be alive and would not remain. Although they may be breathing air, (laughs) if they're leaving and following doctrines of demons, they will not be among those that are alive and remain, for they have fallen away. Okay. You know, in Luke 18, 8, you guys remember where Jesus uh, says, will I find faith when I return? What in the world? The church is huge, right? Christianity, Catholic, we're the biggest church in the world. What do you mean, will you find faith? Jesus, what are you talking about? Will I find faith on the earth when I come? And this is who he's looking for, the alive and the remnant, those who have pushed all the way through, those who remain. Hallelujah. And what did I say? That's us, church. That's Highway Church. That's us. That's me. Just say it if you want. That's me. Alive and remain. That's me. Hallelujah. And that finding faith, it's not like uh, he's just going to kind of take a little scan. That word find in the scripture talks about an investigation. He's really digging and finding who are the ones who not just said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I I think. I went to church when I was little. My parents took me to church. That's not going to pass the investigative search. (laughs) Jesus is looking for these, those who are alive and remain. Hallelujah. Let's go on to verse, wait, let's finish this. Remain unto the coming of the Lord. I don't have any of this. Uh, shall not prevent them which are asleep. And we talked about this already. That word means um, uh, a very deep sleep, a sleep of death. Even the word coma talks about this sleep. So, um, so we will not prevent them which are asleep. We're going to read about that in just a minute. Verse 16, please. For the Lord himself shall descend. Descend. This is so awesome. Descend means to come down with a purpose. To come down with a mind to take charge. So Jesus is coming with a mind to take charge. And remember what I said. He worked with Israel for a time. He worked with the church for a time. After the church is gone, he's going to work with Israel again. That they would come to him. But this is interesting. He's coming down to take charge. Almost like a commander. Okay? Almost like a commander. That's what that descend means. I'm coming down to take charge. Okay? Not just, you know, I'm coming down some steps. I'm coming, I'm coming down. I'm descending like a bird of prey descending on its whatever. That kind of, I'm coming to dominate. I'm coming to take. Okay? I'm coming to take. And that's just what he's doing here. It says, descend from heaven with a shout. That shout is a military shout. You guys know um, when we talk in the scriptures about, you know, they say, well, speak in tongues and then an interpretation because if you sound an alarm, who will know what you're saying? Well, this is the same. This trumpet is a very clear sound. It's a military sound. It's a command that calls to muster. That's what this shout is. And so who is he calling to muster? Those who are alive and remain. Remember we talked about we are being, uh, the saints being assembled to him. This is that shout which caused the assembling of the people to come to him. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. Okay, shout with the voice of an archangel. 
you don't, archangels aren't messing around, so that's a, it's a serious thing. And with the trump of God, this trump is a war call. It's a war trumpet. It signals a, like I said, a gathering, a mustering. We are about to begin our campaign. So, right, you gather the troops just before you go into battle. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's gathering us. He's gathering his saints for the purpose of, remember what I talked about, his kingdom? Hallelujah. He's, you know what Revelation says, and people would have such a hard time with this. It says he is righteous in all of his judgments and making war. This is what, it, it's not just our story, guys. It's not just about human people on the planet for all these years. It's not about this. This planet wasn't here before God. God was here before the planet, and God will be here after the planet. So this is the God story. <laughs> for those of you who like the sci-fi, this is the outside of our normal, realistic reality. This is the, <laughs> that we see in our flesh. This is the reality of kingdom. This is the reality of God. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's bringing us. And this is his call that I'm beginning my campaign. This type of trump says, I am the victor. I'm declaring that I win already right now. So this is what he's saying by this trump. He's saying, I'm the victor. And anybody who wants to mess with me, just know it'll be over real soon. Okay? That's why I'm glad I'm on his side. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So that's what kind of trump that is. It's a calling of assembling of his saints for the purpose of beginning his campaign. Hallelujah. And the dead in Christ... That means actual corpses. That means this happened when Jesus rose from the dead. You guys remember reading that? When Jesus resurrected up out of the grave, he wasn't the only one. <laughs> there were other bodies who came up out of the grave on that day, and it surprised everybody. <laughs> but this is the dead in Christ, and they will rise first. And I know that some of you in here even have had recent losses of people in your family. But we have the joy and the hope. This is why God tells us not to worry, not to sorrow, not to be sad, because we're going to join them very, very soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the dead in Christ will rise first. This does not mean just stand up and get out of the grave. This word rise is like the ascending to a throne is what this word means. So we will rise. The dead in Christ will rise. So remember, we don't think of God often as a warring God. <laughs> but Revelation says he's righteous in all his judgments and his war and making war. So he's right. He's right in this. And what is he doing? He's gathering those to him on his side. And those who have died in Christ are going to rise to a place of authority is what this is. Like if you were to rise to the throne, this is the rising of kings, the rising of rulers. That's what this is. If you thought that we were going to go to heaven and just play harps and eat grapes and get fanned by palm leaves all day... <laughs> You're wrong. God has a mission. God has a plan that goes beyond this world that we see. And this is what's exciting. So those who have died in Christ are going to rise to positions of authority. Hallelujah. Royalty even. Verse, did I get it? The dead in Christ arrived first. 17. Then, at that very moment, we... Who? Which are alive and remain. We know who they are. That's us, Highway Church. We're alive and remain. Shall be caught up together with them, who? The dead in Christ who went first. And Jesus to meet the Lord in the air. That caught up is where we get the word rapture. The Latin word, the Latin translation for the word caught up is rapere. Rapere is where they got the idea of rapture, caught up. Joseph, rapturous, he said, I have rapturous beauty or something like that, right? Caught up. <laughs> something like that, right? Rapture, caught up, rapere. It also, in uh, the Greek, the word is harpazo. Harpazo is the word that we get the word harpoon from. Anybody fish in here? I don't. I just want to see. Anybody fishing? Nobody fishes? What's on the end of the hook? There's like this little barb, yeah, right? It's like a little, it's not just a straight point like a needle. There's a little barb, is that what it's called? 
You guys got, I don't know. I fished like twice in my whole life. I don't know. And you know I didn't put the worm on the hook. So. <laughs> but this harpoon is this idea of um, on the end of that hook or on, the, on an actual harpoon, that little part that barbs onto the fish, and then you, what, you, right? As soon as you feel something, come on, I've been twice. Help me out here. <laughs> Right? As soon as you feel a little something, what do you do? You don't just go, oh, you don't just start going like this. You go, huh. You give it a yank, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that, that yank, that snatch, that catch it up is what's going to happen here. It's quick. It's just like, whoo, let's go, church. So this is us, alive and remain. Whoo. There we go. Hallelujah. Do you know this word also is used when Lot, you guys remember the story of Lot in the Old Testament when the visitors came to Abraham and said, we're going to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to see if there's any righteousness there. When they got there, they got in a skirmish and some trouble. And Lot was outside of his house with some pressing men of the city uh, wanting to do harm to his family. And these angels, these visitors, it says that they brought pulled him back into the house and this is the same concept um, and what this suggests is that there's some trouble <laughs> some trouble that when the Lord comes for his church it will be not necessarily a very pretty peaceful time that it will be a pressing and we've had a little bit of a practice in that this year haven't we a little bit of bad circumstances, uncomfortable, a bad moment, almost like um, right, birth pangs just before you deliver. And this is the time that is going to be in the earth right before he <laughs> takes us right up. So if you're waiting for everything to be pretty and uh, nice and peaceful, uh, that won't be the condition in which Jesus will come, most likely, for the, for the meaning of this word, this snatch, to remove you out just in the nick of time. Hallelujah. I love that. So don't be discouraged, church. Don't be discouraged when we see the world doing world stuff. <laughs> they're going to do world stuff, but we are going to be those that are alive and remain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Vibrant. Okay, meat. That word meat also refers to kind of like a military or royal procession. That meat is definitely like um, if you were to go and meet the president or you were to go and meet the queen. There would be formalities about that, right? And that's what this meet means. So <laughs> Jesus, our king of kings, this is going to, we're going to meet him. He will have a grand reception for these newly arrived officials. Remember how I said the dead and they're rising to a position of authority. So Jesus will, will meet him in the air as though we are um, his officials, right? His VIP, he will meet us in the air. And the air here literally means lower atmosphere. So it will be in our range, hallelujah. And verse 18, last one. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah, I have more, but I have to stop for the time. But I want to uh, leave you guys encouraged this morning in a number of ways, uh, this encourages us to be watchful for the coming of the Lord, watchful for his return for the church. It, it causes us to be expectant. And in that expectancy, I'm going to purify myself. First um, John 3, 2. Can you girls put that up? And that's my last scripture. First John 3, 2. It's the last scripture on the list. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, hallelujah, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And verse 3, please. I don't, do you guys have verse 3? Probably not. But it goes on to say that he uh, purifies himself 
as he is pure. So this mindfulness of Jesus' return, this mindfulness of who he's returning for, those who alive and remain, causes me to purify myself even as he is pure. There it is. He purifies himself even as he is pure. It causes us to be diligent. People don't know this. People don't know anything past their own hand in front of their face, really. We're in a time where there's great ignorance of scriptural things. And this puts it on us to be not stingy with the good news that we carry. I want you to tell people about this Jesus, this soon coming king, who's coming for an alive and vibrant bunch, who remain and push through it all and stay to the end. And when we do meet him in the air, he will reward us and welcome us with a reception and will be placed into spiritual authority, into the plans and purposes of God that extend beyond this time. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Don't share, don't, I mean, don't keep stingy with this good and exciting news. Kirk Cameron put out a movie. You guys maybe have seen it. <laughs> Left Behind, the book series also. If you guys, it's from some time ago. But it's uh, entertaining anyway. <laughs> but when we go, it's going to be very different here. And for those that we love and those that we um, are ac- um, uh, uh, acquainted with and have connection with, Share this news with them. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share the gospel of the kingdom, the big story. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Hallelujah. That was awesome. Praise God. Praise God. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.